0: Welcome to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Sam Abbott, registered dietitian nutritionist and PCOS nutrition expert. I'm here to help you learn how to manage PCOS and support your hormones while also having a healthy relationship with food in your body. You can improve PCOS symptoms and labs without dieting. Get ready to feel better with PCOS and leave diet culture in the rearview mirror. Are you someone who likes making New Year's resolutions or setting intentions? Or are you somebody who likes the idea of this, even if you don't necessarily plan anything concrete? If you answered yes, then today's episode is for you. And even if you're not really into the whole New Year's resolutions or intentions piece of the new year, you're still going to want to listen in because this episode is going to give you some great things to think about when you're just thinking about how to approach health and wellness with PCOS in general. So welcome to season two of the podcast. I am your host, Sam. Happy January. Happy 2024. I hope that your new year is off to a great start. Thank you so much for being a listener. I'm really excited about season two. I have some great episodes planned, some great guests, and I'm really just thankful that you tune in each week. So on a personal note, I have been reflecting a lot on life going into the new year because we lost my grandmother right before Christmas. And in experiencing that, it was really just a reminder about what is important in life. And I just wanted to share that just in case you might need that reminder as well. And losing her honestly reaffirmed for me why I do what I do as a non-diet dietitian, because no one was reflecting on my grandmother's life and saying things like, I really love that she wore that pant size, or I'm so thankful that she could keep off those last five pounds. Like, no, even the thought of that sounds ridiculous. They were talking about who she was as a person and how she impacted everyone's lives. And We always say that diet culture is a life stealer because it takes away from so many things in life. It takes away from social situations. It can impact mental health. It impacts physical health. It affects relationships. It affects how you show up in life. And when you lose somebody that you love, you really think about how important showing up in life really is. And my grandmother lived to be 93. And if you were to look at her health history on paper, you probably wouldn't say that she was the picture of health. However, she lived to be 93 and she had a great quality of life until the very end. And I think that is a true testament to genetics, a good support system, a great healthcare team, and being proactive about any healthcare needs. And that's really what I try to show my clients is so important in our work together is just access to healthcare and really supporting yourself. And you may be worried about PCOS because you want to live a long, healthy life and you're worried about All of the different things that might come up with PCOS. A lot of my clients tell me they're scared about developing diabetes, which my grandmother had type 2 diabetes. And I think her life is a great example of how shifting your focus to supporting your body and supporting your quality of life is so, so much more important than focusing on weight loss or trying to eradicate every single symptom of PCOS. So I just wanted to share those thoughts before I really jumped into today's episode, um, just because it's been on my mind. And I also wanted to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you are somebody who reached out to me on Instagram, I did share In my stories when she passed away um everybody was sharing stories about their grandmothers and it really brought me a lot of comfort um and speaking of instagram kind of switching gears i have been getting a lot of questions about how you can work with me in the new year and if i'm bringing back my blood sugar course and i am happy to share that i am balanced blood sugar for pcos is coming back in mid-january This is a self study course that teaches you how to manage insulin resistance and lower your A1C without dieting. So, this course is perfect for you if you have insulin resistance which is at the core of so many PCOS symptoms like a missing period or acne or hirsutism, which is excessive hair growth. Um, Or if you have prediabetes or type two diabetes and you're wanting a non-diet approach to how to manage this, this is exactly what I teach you how to do in the course. So even though this is a self-study course, I do include a community because I want you to have access to me. So you can ask me questions in the community. I check in on you on a regular basis. We just finished up our fall group. I got amazing feedback, and this is a great lower-cost option compared to one-on-one nutrition coaching. So enrollment for that will start in mid-January, and I'm also going to be offering a free live 60-minute masterclass um, called Three Strategies for Improving Insulin Resistance Without Dieting. And if you're listening live to this podcast, I'm going to open up enrollment for that on January 8th. So that's coming up very soon. So if you want to kind of see what it's like to work with me or you want to kind of get a jump start on managing insulin resistance for free, this masterclass is a great option for you. All right. So let's jump into today's episode. I am going to go over the top five questions to ask yourself or to reflect on as you are making New Year's resolutions, setting intentions, or just thinking about health and wellness in general. You might want to grab a pen and paper for this episode to take some notes. If you're driving or you're not in a place to take notes, that's totally okay. Keep listening. And then maybe at the end, um, take some mental notes of things that you want to go back to. So, I'm doing this episode because we're at the beginning of January 2024. It's New Year's, and everyone is reevaluating their health and wellness goals. I cannot even get on social media without seeing people talk about what's in, what's out, what are some things they're working on into the new year. And this can feel really inspiring, but it can also be be a part of diet culture or keep you in that yo-yo dieting mentality. Um, Only 9% of people complete their New Year's resolutions, 23% quit in the first week, a quarter in the first week, um, and then 43% quit by the end of January. So if you're feeling like there are ways that you could shift or tweak some of the things in your life, that could improve your quality of life and improve your overall well-being. I want to support you in that. I want you to be successful and that's exactly why I want to give you some things to think about as you're sitting down to to make or write out your new year's intentions. If you've already written your new year's intentions and that's totally okay, You can use these five steps to reflect on what you've already written or what you've already planned, and maybe you'll want to tweak some things after you listen to these questions. All right, let's jump into the first question you should ask yourself as you are setting New Year's intentions or resolutions. What are your core values? What is important to you in life? And is the way that you're managing PCOS really encompassing that? So if you haven't done core values work before, um, you can go online and pull up a list of core values. It's basically just like a list of words. And you choose the words that really encompass what deeply matters to you in life. Core values are not about talking the talk. They're about walking the walk and honoring what is really important to you and what deeply matters to you in life. So write down two to three core values for where you are right now in your life. For me, my values are peace, empathy, and stability. Those are three things that are really important to me. And when I think about how I live my life and the decisions I'm making, I want them to come back to those three words. So I want you to identify yours. And then I want you to ask yourself, is the way I'm trying to manage PCOS honoring my values? For a lot of my clients, when we do core values work, which this is very common if you're working with a registered dietitian or a therapist, a lot of times we'll do values work. For a lot of my clients, when they do this, they realize that the way they're trying to manage PCOS is not honoring their values. Um, you know, if you think about your values, and one of your values is having relationships with people. But the way you're managing PCOS is giving you anxiety being in situations where there's food, um, even if it's a social situation where you want to be in. Maybe the way you're trying to manage PCOS is taking away from your values. So before you get into making any sort of goal, definitely sit down and evaluate your values. Okay, question number two. How would you like to feel next year? Or I should say this year now that it's officially 2024. Um, How we feel each day greatly impacts our quality of life. And when you think about how you want to feel next year, you may even realize that this ties back into your values. You want to make sure that the goals that you're setting really support how you want to feel try to be very aware if your New Year's intentions kind of lean towards physical appearance or something external in one way or another. Or if on the surface, they may feel like they are about Health, But deep down underneath, they are actually about physical appearance, like weight or gene size. Um, And if you have been combining these two areas and kind of meshing this into thinking it's associated with how you want to feel next year, this would be a really great chance to separate these areas. So for example, something my clients tell me a lot is... I would just feel better if I lost weight. And if you have this thought or this thought has gone into creating your goals, try to specify exactly why you think you would feel better and make a list. And then look and see what can be addressed right now. So a lot of times when we do this activity with clients, um. Someone will say, I would just feel better if I lost weight because my clothes would fit better, so I would be more comfortable, or I would enjoy being around my family more, or I would have more energy. So these would be the types of things that you would write down on your list. And then I want you to go through each item and write down what you can do in the here and now to help move towards feeling better. So for example, if your pants don't fit, instead of having the mindset of, I would just feel better if I lost weight because these jeans would fit better, maybe make it one of your goals to build a wardrobe that fits your body. If being around your family would be more enjoyable if you lost weight, maybe the real goal here is to create boundaries with your family around whatever is happening that makes you feel like you need to be smaller to be more comfortable around them. Um, That's another example. And maybe a therapist can help you there as well. There is also no health condition that exists solely in larger bodies. Pretty much all aches, pains, elevated labs, and PCOS symptoms can be addressed independent of weight. So if you're having joint pain, maybe a piece of this is we involve a physical therapist. Maybe if you want some help with nutrition or really learning how to manage PCOS, you decide to work with a registered dietitian who takes a non-diet approach. But these are all things that you can address independent of weight And when you're asking yourself how I want to feel next year, I just want you to be very cognizant if some of these things that you're attributing to external factors can really be improved independent of weight. Okay, question number three, is there anything you need to let go of or grieve in 2024? Something that doesn't really come up a lot in non-diet work is the topic of body grief or grief over PCOS. And when we're trying to find peace or work past things that may truly be outside of our control, we have to be willing to let those things go. And in doing so, there may be some grief involved in that. So giving yourself the space to grieve or even understanding that that grief is necessary can be a really big part of making a shift into letting go of external factors related to goals and focusing more inward. And this is definitely something that I help my clients do. Um, I think body grief is can be really difficult because we are surrounded by so many influences that just tell us if we're if we do certain things that we, we should achieve certain outcomes and it's really not the case. So body grief is hard, but if you can allow yourself to grieve that can be really, really healing and help you turn a new page to making changes. Okay, question number four, do you need to adjust your PCOS support team? So your support team could be anyone that's playing a role in PCOS management. So this could be doctors, whether that's your primary care physician or any specialist that you're seeing a lot of times with PCOS. Other specialists might be an OBGYN or a dermatologist or an endocrinologist. Um, your support team can also include other healthcare professionals like a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, maybe even a personal trainer. So think about who is on your support team currently. The first thing that you should ask yourself is, does your current support team make you feel good about your PCOS management? Do they make you feel like you're in charge of your PCOS? Do they support the way you want to manage your PCOS? Do you feel comfortable asking questions or speaking up when you don't agree with something? If you answer no to these questions, then maybe it is time for a change for whatever professional is not making you feel that great about PCOS management. And I'm saying that this and also recognizing it is really difficult to find certain healthcare practitioners that you really connect with. I totally acknowledge that I'm actually in the same boat right now. Um, but when we're setting goals, this could be something that could be on your list of things that when you're up for it, maybe working to try to address and make that change. Um, and then as I listed out all of those professionals also, is there somebody that you need to add? You know, is are you having physical pains and maybe you need to get that checked out? And work with a physical therapist? Um, do you feel like you're really struggling with nutrition or how to approach nutrition and what you've been doing isn't working for you and you know that nutrition is at the core of managing PCOS when we talk about lifestyle? Maybe you want to work with a registered dietitian or maybe some things related to mental health have really been on your mind And it's time to add a therapist to the team. Like really think about who you need to help support you in PCOS management. A lot of times when we're setting goals, we kind of like go off on our own trying to take the reins. And I totally understand where that comes from. But take a step back and just ask yourself, like, is it time for me to bring in a professional to help me here? So that was question number four, and now we're going to get to the last question, question number five, to ask yourself when you're setting goals or making New Year's resolutions and intentions. Is this change or goal that I'm setting realistic for me? So much of diet culture really presents wellness and wellness habits as being very black and white Like, there's something that should be done, here's what you need to be doing, and if you're not doing that, then you don't have willpower and you're not going to be successful. Approaching health and wellness this way is so toxic, and it really sets us up for failure. Your lifestyle, your schedule, your budget, your food preferences, and just in general, what works for you really needs to be at the center of your goals and your habits, So for example, maybe one of your goals this year is to eat at home more instead of going out to eat, getting takeout, going through the drive-thru. And naturally, because of wellness culture, we view this as meaning that you have to make everything from scratch. Like how many times have you seen on social media people doing like a big meal prep with all the little containers and things like that? But if you're somebody who doesn't really like cooking, you're short on time, the idea of cleaning up the kitchen after all of that gives you hives, (laughs) then this is probably not going to feel very good. It's probably not going to be very realistic for you. And maybe it's not the best way to set yourself up for success to create a goal around cooking every single meal from scratch. Maybe something more realistic for you is going to be using pre-chopped, pre-prepared items, pre-prepared meals, frozen meals, frozen components to meals, and maybe that's a good place for you to start to eat at home more. And this is still working towards your goals But you're doing it in a way that is more realistic for you. And of course, if you want to try to improve a cooking skill or try a new recipe, you're more than welcome to do that. But that's not like at the center of how you're trying to achieve that goal. I see this so much when I'm working with clients where a goal will be made and it is completely counterintuitive to what that person knows works for them. Like another example is somebody who's really not a morning person and their overall schedule is not conducive to a morning workout will set a goal to wake up at like 5 a.m. to go to the gym. We have to really take a step back and ask, like, what truly works for me? And what do I know about myself that I can use as data to create goals that will set myself up for success? Now... This doesn't mean that when you're making nutrition and wellness changes that you're never going to need to reevaluate your lifestyle and be a little more mindful of how you're going to set yourself up for success. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that you should always be working with what you know about yourself and what has and hasn't worked for you in the past based on your lived experience asking yourself if something realistic for you is really at the core of making nutrition and wellness changes. So there you have it. The five questions to ask yourself when you're making New Year's resolutions, I'm going to repeat them one last time for you. I'm just going to list them out. One are, what are your core values and what's important to you in life? Number two, how do you want to feel next year? Number three, is there anything you need to let go of or grieve in 2024? Number four, do you need to adjust your PCOS support team? And number five, are my goals realistic for me? Okay, so that is it for today's episode. Happy 2024. I wish you happiness and peace as we go into the next year. Um, I really, really hope I see you in the masterclass, Three Strategies for Improving Insulin Resistance. And if you are ready to get a jump start on managing PCOS without dieting, uh, the Balanced Blood Sugar course would be an awesome fit for you. All right. Have an awesome day and happy new year. Thanks for listening to the Nourished with PCOS podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can catch new episodes. I'd also be so grateful if you left a review and rating for the pod as well. See you next Wednesday.